0: Welcome to the All About Setwork podcast. In this podcast, we talk about all things setwork. That include training tips, a behind-scenes look at what your instructor or trial official is going through, and much more. In this episode, we have the distinct privilege of having a conversation with Lori Timberlake of Do Over Dog Training, about her upcoming webinar and her course, that she's gonna be offering through Setwork University, about how we can prep for trial at all levels. Before we start diving into the episode itself, we do a very quick introduction of myself. My name is Diana Santos. I'm the owner and lead instructor for Setwork University, DockSport University, and Pet dog U. These are online dog training platforms that are designed to help you achieve your dog training goals. We're very fortunate to have a client basis worldwide. For Setwork University in particular, we provide online courses, seminars, webinars, and eBooks that are all centered around Setwork. So regardless of where you are in your stuffy journey, we likely have a training solution for you. So now to you know a little bit more about me, let's dive into the episode itself. So in this episode, I have the privilege of speaking with Lori Timberlake, who is the owner of Do Over Dog Training, and she's also an instructor with Setwork University, about her thought process as far as how we can help dogs prepare for trial and the approaches she's taking where she has an all-level trial prep approach. It's very exciting. So <laughs> Let's give a listen to that conversation. All right. So I want to thank you so much. It's been a while since we've talked to you on the podcast. People are like, we want to hear from Lori. So I was like, oh, and then you seem to have read my mind. You're like, hey, can I do some podcasts? with you like, yes. People want to hear from Lori because she's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So we're delighted to have you back for the podcast. And also you're going to be offering a webinar and a course for us talking all about the various levels as far as how we can approach things that is not specific to a given level, but instead having a more kind of holistic approach of how thinking about everything across all the different levels, which I think breaks people's brains (laughs) because they're like, wait a minute, aren't I supposed to just think about like a certain level? So I wanted to talk to you about this because I think it is a really important concept that maybe you can, elaborate on how people may want to think about what they're doing as far as network is concerned as far as preparing and not getting stuck in that okay well I need to worry about this level and then I need to segment into this level and so on and so forth did you want to talk about that for a
1: second yeah sure so you know in our classes uh, my in-person classes it, they're all level classes you know everyone has to do their intros but then everyone gets thrown in. And, and for a while I had a lot of people upset. Well, I'm at NW3, so I need to do unknown hides and I need to, you know, I need to have blank areas and, you know, people just, it it took a little bit to get them in the mindset of everything we do each week is going to help you in all of the levels, (laughs) you know, whether you're training for your ORT or a summit trial, you know, you're going to have blank areas in your search. You're going to have distractions. You're going to have you know, almost everything we do affects all levels. And if you just focus on, well, I just need to do unknown hides and, you know, it's zero to three and that's all I'm gonna practice, you know, you're missing out on a whole bunch of other things that could happen in your search that you're not training for. Um, So that's how I kind of came up with the the class and it it just kind of mirroring what we're doing in our in-person classes that is now working really well And I think it's helping everybody across the board so that we're not so focused on one thing because a bazillion things can happen in trial no matter what level you're at, right? Very, very, very true. And I think that it's
0: also the way that you were describing just in that short little section of how, there's something that happens in set work. I'm sure it happens in all dog training, but it seems to happen a lot in set work where we just get blinders on and we just get so laser focused on very particular things. And those rules sometimes can be like, I have to do this. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for what you're noticing in your in-person classes, how did people kind of make that shift as far as for them being like, but, but, but I, I'm getting ready to trial at whatever level.'re like, okay, well, hang on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. We are we're pulling upon all these various skills, and at the end of the day, it really is just fancy foundations when you really break it down. So how did you help people? Understand that and then also really buy into how you were doing the curriculum in person?
1: Yeah, so a few different things. You know, one, I think just having the conversation. um, So, for example, I had one student that's at the summit level, and she's like, Well, you know, it's just pointless to come to class because, you know, we need to search big areas. And while, yes, that's true. And that's where we do some of our travel classes, or honestly, if you're at that level, you need to get out on your own and find big areas to search in. I said, but this week we did close hides, you know, we did uh, twins and triplets, you know, two hides close together, three hides close together. I said, you're going to see that in summit all day long, you know, and we're doing it with the the baby students right up to the summit. So I think, you know, once you explain to people, like we're taking little bits of what you're going to see in this big trial and working on them, you know, in class, but we still need to, we need to do the mock trials. We need to do the sniff and goes. We need to do the travel classes. You need to practice on your own. If you are at a lead summit, things like that. Um, but all the little parts, you still gotta practice them in class. You still gotta, you still gotta work on those. So I think just having the conversation with some people that just didn't, you know, or or on the flip side, some of the newer students just coming out of, you know, their their intro classes and they're, you know, just kind of getting off paired hides and they're really nervous, like, I don't know, I don't want to hold the class back. And, and you know, that's when we can take a hide and maybe adjust it a little bit or pair it. Or do something so that they feel comfortable too, because that that was a little bit of an issue too. Is people were kind of scared to go into the the mixed group classes. Um, but we, I, I had a brand new dog today that just came out of her uh, intro to odor two class, and she did awesome. So you know, is it, we just adjust things a little bit and we make it work for everybody.
0: That's awesome. I think what people struggle with is that we do get very segmented as far as we think with work that everything is in stages and that once we have graduated from one stage, then that is gone and in the dumpster and is forgotten and we are to never use it again. And now we are in a new stage. (laughs) And it's not really the way that it works. It kind of all builds onto each other and we're always pulling from different things. So I think thinking about it from a different dog sport perspective, may be able to help with agility, right? Agility, ultimately you want to be able to do this big giant course with all these different obstacles and you have these different handling techniques. And as you're going up the levels, it gets more complicated, but that's not the way that you're supposed to train it. And that's also not supposed to be the way that you practice it. You do it inside really short, tiny little segments of one or two obstacles at most, and then you're really perfecting those things and then putting them together over a period of time. Maybe you're doing full courses occasionally, but a lot of it is constantly reaffirming, okay, we need to do this in order to have these obstacles go well. This is how I can work on my handling here and so on and so forth. Whereas I don't think that's happening a lot in setmark. And what you're describing is exactly doing that, (laughs) saying like, okay, well, we have this big giant thing. Let's break it down to smaller pieces and everyone can benefit from this. But of course, you can also customize it a little bit more, particularly when you're talking about in-person classes, so that it is appropriate for everybody. And are you noticing that people are, how can I put this, that they are recognizing the value in continuing to do things as opposed to, I did it once. I'm never going to do it again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm definitely seeing, we've got an excellent program right now. Like I love every single one of my students and they're all just like on board and doing awesome and do appreciate like, Hey, we haven't, we haven't done this in a few months. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that back. Or I was just thinking about this the other day and I just tried it every week pick a different thing and make sure we're cycling around and and that everybody's getting it. So now my newer students too, they're getting so much more than they used to in the past because I'll do close hides when we're pairing when we're still just searching for primary, right? I'll put two boxes with food. So the dogs learn right away to go from one hide to the next and not, you know, bolt across the room. So yeah, everyone seems to, at least as far as I know, seems to be really happy with it and uh, they're doing super well.
0: That's amazing. And that's the other thing I hope for any of our fellow colleagues and instructors that are listening is if you're hearing this and you're like, Ooh, maybe I want to adjust some things. Does that mean that I'm like a terrible instructor? No, it means that you're a good instructor that in my opinion, if you're doing everything exactly the same all of the time, there's something wrong. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I have adjusted and changed and added things to my program, which of course for a completely online program is a bear <laughs> to do because And you're like, okay, let's make some more videos and let's do this and that and the other, but I'm constantly adding and changing things, but that's a good thing. And that what I love with what you were just talking about is you're noticing the shift and even just the results in, in your clients going through the program now where, they seem to have even a more robust and well-rounded foundation understanding and skill set because of the way that you're doing things. So that's awesome. Congratulations to you.
1: And I'll tell you, I have changed the way, I mean, I've been doing this since 2011. I have changed things so many times <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we learn. the sport has changed, um, different, you know, just different students coming through need different things. And, yeah, I've changed things a thousand times and it's all for the better, right? And and next month I'm probably gonna change my mind and do something totally different. So it's not <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we just keep learning and expanding and, and doing the best for our students.
0: That's awesome. So, as far as for people who are like, okay, this sounds kind of interesting. So, how would I be able to apply this with the webinar? What is the webinar actually going to be talking about, Lori? Because I'm wondering if I should if I should take this thing because maybe this is something I can apply on my own when I'm working with my own dog.
1: Right. So, I'm going to, and the webinar is going to be a much smaller version of the course that's coming up. Um, but in the webinar, we're just going to kind of touch on a few different topics and how we can take, you know, one search idea, search plan, hide placement, and and make it work for all different levels. So whether you're at NW1, and, and this can be AKC or, you know, any of the, the sports, I, I have any CSW on my mind, um, but whether you're at the, the lower levels or the upper levels, how to take a, a concept and an idea for practice and adjust it to the level you're at. And honestly, you might be, even if you're at the upper levels, you might still do it the same way as a newer student would do it because it is always good to go back to basics. So basically, I know I'm kind of talking in circles, but the webinar will bring up a couple of the different ideas or concepts of searches and then show some examples, some video examples and things like that of how you can take one lesson and adjust it to your level.
0: Awesome. I think people are really going to enjoy that. And then for the course, if they're like, okay, that webinar sounds good. That sounds like a good way of me seeing if this is going to fit for me, but then what do I have to do in the course? Are you actually going to walk me through how to do this? How long is it? How much is involved? Do I need to set aside a whole bunch of time? Tell me more about this course.
1: (laughs) So the course, um, and I, I really like this idea. I hope it all works well, but each lesson is going to have like five different, so let's say, example, blank areas, um, five different ways to practice blank areas from ORT, because guess what? One whole line of your boxes is going to be blank, <laughs> right? There's not going to be anything in six of the, you know, on one side. Um, so dogs need to learn to, to work with that right at the beginning. So no matter what level you're at, um, like five different examples of, of different ways you can practice that. And then if they're taking it as a student, they can send those in. And this is honestly a course that you can actually take several times because you might take it when you're at NW1 and do all of the things and video them all. And then maybe when you're up at elite, you're going to go back to this course and say, wait a minute, there was a lot of good, you know, exercises. Let's vary them for elite level and I'll send in all my videos and see how we do here. So I'm hoping it's a course that people can use and go back to throughout their training. Um, But it's going to be a lot of video examples. I've been videoing everything. So you'll get to see how to put it in use. Um, I've got handouts, you know, writing out, explaining how to do each one. And then of course, you know, talking through and and talking about different, different ways to change them for the different levels too. So it's going to be a lot.
0: It sounds like a lot and it sounds like (laughs) such a, first of all, a ton of work that you're putting into it, which is, again, this is the way that Lori is operating. She's always just like going a hundred miles an hour. The woman is insane. (laughs) As far as how much work she puts into everything, but for anyone who's listening and you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Truly. This is something that I think would benefit everyone, regardless of the competition organization that you are interested in, or particularly if you're doing things with multiple organizations, this may actually really help you. In addition to that, if you're not competing at all, let's say you're like, Oh, I'm so tired of listening to all these podcasts are always talking about trialing. I'm just playing the game for fun with my dog. I feel so left out. You shouldn't. This course can also help you because when you are practicing on your own, these are some of the very same things that you want to think about when you are designing your searches, when you're just trying to do it for enrichment, when you're trying to keep it fun and exciting for both you and your dog. Cause let's be Frank. If you find it boring, you're not going to do it anymore and your dog's not going to play the snippy game. And that's sad. <laughs> so of course, like this one can help you stay motivated and can help you think through how you can put together different searches for your dog that yes, you may never be competing for any slew of different reasons. Trust me, I have a very love hate relationship with Charlie myself. So you can still leverage something like this, learn from someone as experienced as Lori, make certain that your searches are coming together in a way that's helpful for your dog, and also still have fun. So I know this sounds like, well, you guys just want to take your course, but, but no, really, like this is actually really, really valuable for everybody. And the way that Laurie is describing it is something that I really find very interesting myself is this is being designed in such a way so that you can continue to take it and you can take it multiple times and get different things from it every single time. That is something, in my opinion, you should always be looking for in whatever type of learning that you are involved in. If it's a one and done kind of thing, to me, I'm like, I could have talked to you for five minutes and gotten that information, thanks. (laughs) This is something that you can actually build off of for a longer period of time and can be very valuable to you and your dog So I really hope that everyone thinks about taking this because I think it's gonna be really, really helpful. So Ms. Laurie, when you've been putting together all the materials for this, is there anything that's really sparked in you like, oh, this is what I'm gonna be offering in my in-person classes now. Like, oh, this is exciting. Oh, I can't wait to do this. Is there any kind of moment of inspiration that you've had as you've been putting everything together for this course?
1: So I don't know about a specific thing, but as I was writing out my outline and all the exercises, because what we're doing is we're trying to get them all done in my classes, some I'm doing with my dogs, but I'm like, oh, we haven't done this in a long time, so I do get excited, I can't even think of a specific one, Um Find it. I'm looking at my screen right now. Find it fast. We haven't played that in a while. That's just a fun game to get the dogs moving and rewarding quick. And it helps you with your leash handling and getting those treats out. And, you know, I, I honestly don't remember the last time we've done it. So that's a fun game. Uh, we've been pulling out some of the USCSS games because we have a USCSS trial coming up. And of course those games, I know, uh, I think Judith is doing a, a webinar on it or, or, um, a class. Those games help you so much for all of the other organizations that you do. Those games are so helpful. So I've been pulling a lot of those out that everyone's excited about. Um, yeah, I just try to shake it up every week and do something different. And I have found some oldies and goodies that we haven't done in a while. So yeah, we've been having a lot of fun.
0: And again, this is why I'm, I know we have lots of instructors who listen as well. And I, over the years, over my whole career, I've had several colleagues be like, I don't know what to do with these people anymore. Like they've been with me for years I've run out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. So this kind of thing that Laurier is putting together can absolutely help you get reinvigorated, be like, that's something that we can do. And we haven't done it in a really long time. And the way that you can repackage it in a way that's exciting for everyone, underlining the importance of it, I completely agree about the games with USCSS what brilliant things that those are. And they absolutely help across the board with everything. So all of that stuff is extraordinarily important. And again, I know that people are like, who is this podcast for? It's for all of you. (laughs) If it wasn't clear, this is for everybody, regardless of where you are in your journey. If you're newer, if you're experienced, if you're competing, if you're not, if you're an instructor, if you're just a dog handler, these things that Lori is putting together is going to be so helpful for everybody. And I'm really excited for them because again, it shifts the dynamic a little bit. It changes the way that people are approaching the way that they look at training. Again, it gets away from that segmented, we're doing this, let me forget it. Let me move this, let me forget it. It's not the way that we should be looking at summer training. And I'm really excited with everything that you're putting together. So just really quickly, I wanted to talk about something that you had mentioned when we were talking about this offline was the whole idea about the blank searches stuff. And you mentioned it quickly when you're talking about the ORT and people kind of go like, Ooh, we're not supposed to be doing that until we actually like have experience. (laughs) So can you talk about how you've been... Uh, helping people wrap their heads around that as far as the importance of doing blank searches regardless of where you are in your experience level.
1: Yeah, so this is something that I have been throwing in a lot earlier Um, because so, and I I recently just started thinking about the ORT, um, but I'm seeing a lot of like first and last box syndrome, you know, where you go down the row and pause at the last box and the dog looks at it and says, will you stop? So so I've been doing a lot of, with all of my students, just doing a blank row, like starting at the beginning and don't stop and keep going through. Because what I was starting to see at trials now at NW3 is it's not even handler induced. The dogs are getting to the end of the row and just stopping because they've been doing it for so long. So if we just start doing that right from the beginning it's just practice going right down that line, then we don't get that first and last box syndrome that that we see a lot in trials. Another big one that I notice NW1 trials, vehicle searches, three vehicles. And depending on where the hide is, you might have to cover two vehicles before you get to the one with odor. So I would literally see, you know, dogs are sniffing the ground, looking at their handler and handler saying out loud, my dog is just not working. But if they had practiced blank searches, they would know, well, this is what my dog looks like when there's no odor. And I just have to get to the vehicle that has the odor on it. And then my dog's going to kick in. So there's two examples, right? At ORT and NW1, where maybe you don't have a blank search, but you have blank areas to your search. So I've just been, and again, I'm really careful how I do them with the newer students. I don't stick them in a room for three minutes and not tell them that it's blank. (laughs) You know, I tell them ahead of time, it's blank. This is how I want you to handle it. This is how I want you to reward if you decide to reward. And and we cover all that. So I'm not just throwing them out there to to the wolves to false alert or do whatever. I'll do that with some of the NW3 students. It's just, you know, they come into class and I don't tell them that it's blank. Because at this point, they, they should be working on it sometimes unknown. But yeah, I throw it in way, way back now. I don't wait until they get to NW3 to start putting those blank searches in.
0: And that's a really important thing for people to think about. It's reframing how we are viewing these searches. And I think a lot of it is also the different hats that Lori wears, I think is extraordinarily helpful for us to remember, is that you're an instructor, you're a competitor, but you're also a trial official and you're a CEO. So you get to see this from all these different vantage points, as well as how long you've been doing this for and all the different clients that you've been working with, but also just officiating is that you're able to see teams that. You have never trained, you've never worked with, but they're coming through and you get to see these patterns and understanding all of that, but then also coupling it with, well, what is the dog taking away from what we're doing? And then the fact that none of us can see or experience odor makes things so much more complicated. (laughs) (laughs) So you put all that together and it goes into, okay, how can we make this so it's clearer for the dog, it's clearer for the handler, and that we aren't holding things off simply because we think that, well, this is only going to be purposefully provided in a search at this level at trial as a potential puzzle that you have to work through. When in reality, exactly like what you so eloquently pointed out is that there are all these blank areas in our searches all throughout, even just when we're training, (laughs) there are blank areas that we have to work our dogs through and they have to be able to navigate through. We have to know what that looks like. So why shouldn't we be doing it earlier? Why shouldn't we be helping our handlers understand what that looks like? Why shouldn't we be as instructors helping them understand how they can do that in a way that's effective and that is supportive for their dogs? So I think that's brilliant. And the fact that that's all going to be also weaved into both the webinar and the course, I think it's really great. So for people who are just like, okay, I think I'm not as anxious about this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think that maybe I can do this because I think it's on both sides of the spectrum. And maybe you can let me know if I'm off off point by here. Is that, do you notice that there are people who are more anxious about the all level approach who are beginners or people who are more experienced or is it kind of even?
1: I think it's more, the more experienced just want to do hard stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. The, the newer students are like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> <I'm> like, Whatever. We <laughs> just came to class. Let's do what you want to do today. And they're not nervous when I tell them it's a blank search or that you're going to do your first inaccessible today. Or, you know, we're going to train with distractors everywhere. You know, they're like, whatever. It's just another class <laughs> where I think the more experienced they're like but we need to do, you know, hides on the ceiling and we need to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and they do, it's true. We, we do need to work the more difficult hides. I just try to do them a little separate because I, I don't want to make it so hard for my newer or middle, you know, intermediate students that, you know, all of a sudden we're doing a 12 foot hide and they're like, well, we've never even done a, a four foot hide. Right. right. So, you know, but that's, that's more where I see the um, anxiousness is with the more advanced students, because they just want to make it harder mm-hmm. instead of looking at the whole picture.
0: And I think that that's the, the most important thing for people to take away from this is that there is this whole picture approach. It's very holistic way of training of noticing. Yes, you're going to, you have moved on from one level to the next. You're going to have new puzzles presented to you, but that doesn't mean all the skills that you needed in the other level magically go away. And the fact that you are reiterating the importance of really all of this stuff is foundation stuff and making certain that the engagement in the, is there and the dog understands what the game is that the criteria hasn't changed at such a point that they don't even understand what the game is about anymore <laughs> like okay well if all the hides are 12 feet off the ground i have no idea how to get to source i'm just kind of guessing where the thing is if odor is you know accessible to me but you've just been telling me for the last six weeks that i can be 12 feet away well can i just be in the doorway and tell you hey there's odor in that room is that good enough <laughs> Like like all that stuff is really important. And having this kind of approach that you're talking about, as far as this all level preparation is underlining all of that, is making certain that the the game is really clear for everybody. And it's also battling against our human tendency of it's got to be harder because obviously it has to be harder, but harder doesn't always equal better. And it doesn't always equal funner. (laughs) <laughs> or more engaging for the dogs either so is that something you want to talk about to kind of wrap this episode up is what you've noticed as far as the dog side of things with these classes that you've been putting on in person are they more engaged are you noticing less burnout are you noticing any kind of changes as far as what they've been presenting for the classes that you've been putting on
1: yeah and I, and I think the the level where it really hits is nw3 because nw3 handlers are a bunch of like stressed out. <laughs> like they're just, it's another level, right? NW3 is so it's hard to get in the trials. And then you, you go to trials that you really didn't want to, but because they're too far away, but you got in, so you're going. And so there's all this pressure and that's where I see things really start to crumble. So when I did have specific NW3 in-person classes, like a regular weekly class, where we were doing a lot more challenges and a lot more blind, you know, unknown number of blind searches, the morale was really down. Where now, you know, it's, hey, this week we're, you know, you're going to see where all the tins are on the chairs and, and you're just going to feed fast. And that's what we're working on. You know, it, it makes it a little bit more fun for their dog and they're not like, oh God, you know, it's not, I don't, my handler isn't acting crazy this week. They're actually having some fun and rewarding me. Yeah, I definitely see the morale change with the NW3s. The other ones, not as much, but definitely I see a huge improvement with the NW3 students not being so stressed every single week and always, you know, just worrying about that unknown number of hides.
0: And that's a really good thing to point out. And for those of you who may not be familiar with an NACSW NW3 level, it is absolutely a bear for the handlers. <laughs> I think the dogs could if the if All of that handler part of it wasn't part of it. I think the dogs would be just fine, but it is a mental bear of a thing for the handlers to kind of cope with. And it absolutely carries it. And the fact that you have to pass three of them, it's like, my God. But for those of you who may not be familiar with it, is that it is absolutely something that we see as instructors of this dip that suddenly you have teams that were so great and everything kind of starts to fall apart around there. You're like, well, what happened? And I think the way that you described it was perfect is that it's just the pressure just builds on. And then when we're doing that also in our training, it's like, oh, there's just pressure everywhere. There's nowhere for them to really grow. There's nowhere for them to really get any kind of reprieve or any kind of release with what you're talking about with what you're doing now is that the training is there to do the the heavy lifting of reaffirming we can indeed do this. We do know how to do set work. We are actually a really good team. My dog can find hides. I can read my dog. I can call alert and I can call finish and I can do so confidently because that's all we have when we're talking about set work is the confidence in our dog and in our team. And what we see particularly for NW3, for NACSW, but I would also say for the upper levels in AKC or any other organization is that once that starts getting chipped away, that's when things really start to fall apart. So that was one of the things I was really super excited when you were talking about putting these, this webinar and this course together is doing just that, is protecting the confidence that the team has in themselves by ensuring that they're practicing all these skills that they need, but in a way that's not chipping away at all that stuff. So good job for you, Lori. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So is there anything else that you wanted to share with everyone about how, if there's still someone who's on the fence, like, oh, I don't know, I thought that we were supposed to do things a certain way. New things make me nervous. <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to let them know about as far as um, the webinar or the course?
1: Yeah, I just, I did want to back up and reiterate what, what you were saying. Cause I know, and I apologize. I keep focusing um, on ACSW because that's just the world like right now where I'm in, but I am involved in the other organizations. But yeah, I think of like AKC Masters Interiors, you know, kind of the same thing as NW3, you know, where I see a lot of stress and and that unknown number of hides. So I do see it in the other organizations as well. But yeah, I I just, I guess what I want to let everyone know is that it works. (laughs) It works if you kind of have this holistic approach, no matter what organization or what level you're at, you have to look at all the pieces, you have to look at everything that's out there. I'm just looking at my screen again just a, a quick example methodical searching that's not something that i work on a lot with my students because i want the odor to tell them how to search but we throw methodical searching in at least once once a month maybe once every six weeks so that we kind of teach the dogs hey you might save a little time <laughs> if you <laughs> learn to search the room in a certain way by the way we place hides so you know, some of the topics I have in the course are maybe not things you do every week, but if you put them in sometimes, you know, uh, threshold hides, you know, maybe don't do them every single week, but you, if you just throw them in the mix. So I'm always telling people, when, a lot of my online students, you know, this week we worked on this and it was really yucky because we had the leash tight and, and that's not how we normally search. Make sure next week that we're doing more off leash, you know, free searching so that everything's always a balance. So. I guess that's the big picture, no matter what organization or what level you're at, to always have a balance in your training. And hopefully this this webinar and this course will help you with that.
0: Perfect. And that is a wonderful thing for us to wrap up on is the idea of balance. Because that is absolutely something that we as human beings are very bad at. (laughs) (laughs) We're very good at being focused on a very particular thing and doing that to death and wanting it to be perfect, which is never going to happen in the first place. And we just, again, those blinders are causes so many issues. So even things like what you're talking about with thresholds, we may get really excited about something, be like, oh, I learned about yada, yada. So I'm going to do that for the next forever (laughs) and forgetting that all these skills actually played play together. And they piece together like a giant puzzle. And when you're focusing on one thing, other things are going to start to fade. They're going to start collecting dust, getting rusty, pick your analogy. And then you're going to be like, well, wait a minute, what happened to my other types of skills? Well, they weren't getting worked on. So now you got to go do that again. But that's the fun part about training. At least it's supposed to be. And the kind of approach that you're talking about is baking that in, is this idea of constantly reassessing where you are and then ensuring like, okay, so we did thresholds for a bunch. That's great. Now we're going to make certain that we work on deep accessible hides. Oh, look, we did elevations for a bit. Now we're going to be working on ground hides. Okay. Now we were working on the dog. Then we have to work on the handler and constantly doing that in kind of a rotation kind of view and not always getting sucked into, we have to do something really snazzy because guys, it's all about the foundation. <laughs> yeah. So, Ms. Lori, do you have any other events coming up other than the online stuff? Are you doing any kind of speaking engagements or any kind of officiating? Is there anything going on with do-over dog training that you'd like to talk about?
1: <laughs> uh, we are hosting like four trials this spring. so I'm sure I'll see um, some of our listeners out there doing a mock trial this weekend. I'm judging in uh, Pennsylvania, New Wilmington. That's in May. I'm doing an AKC detective trial and judging that in June. So I'm kind of hitting that. And we're hosting a, our first USCSS trial in a long time, May 7th. So we're super excited about that. We're excited to bring that back. So yeah, um, pretty much every weekend, I'll be doing something with scent work, And hopefully I'll see a lot of you guys out there.
0: Perfect. And thank you so very much for everything that you're doing in the community. I mean, again, when I say that Lori works her butt off, I am not exaggerating guys. <laughs> this woman <laughs> is working like a maniac and she's doing it all so everyone can enjoy and have really wonderful sniffy fun with their puppies. So the last thing I just wanted to mention is that people are like, you know what, Lori sounds really great. I would love to work with her, but I live like nowhere near her. <laughs> Is there a way that they'd be able to work with you as far as maybe scheduling a Zoom consultation or submitting any kind of video
1: reviews? Do you offer that? Yeah. So I've been really enjoying the video reviews and I learn a lot from everyone that sends them in. Like I I really spend my time with them. Um, So video review is a great, great way to work with me if to, or you don't have the time to commit to a whole class, you know, or you can send in some videos here and there, and I can kind of give you some pointers and what you can work on. And, and I have a few people that just keep wanting, you know, keep going and keep going. And, and uh, they, they're like asking for homework. So I'm really enjoying the video reviews and that's a great way to work with me. Perfect. And
0: yes, I, I can absolutely affirm that that is true, that we have several clients that are like, I will work with Lori with video reviews forever. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel like I know them all personally now, so
0: it's great. She does a really, really, really great job. So I want to thank you very sincerely. You were one of the first instructors who signed on with Setwork University, and I want to thank you for entrusting us, for sharing your expertise with our clients. You have been pivotal as far as helping this tiny little company grow. And again, you have done so much in the Setwork community, so you're awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh,
1: thank you so much.
0: So as you can see, Lori is extraordinarily experienced when it comes to work. She has done it all. <laughs> and we are extraordinarily fortunate that she shares all of her expertise with our clients through Scentwork University, and also everything that she does as far as giving back to the Scentwork community. She is amazing. So I definitely wanna ensure that everyone checks out her upcoming webinar, the all level trial prep webinar that we're offering Scentwork University, as well as her trial prep course, that again is centered around all levels for NACSW in particular, And she's going to be releasing in early May. So I'll make certain that links for both the webinar and the course are posted on the podcast replay page, as well as our social medias and everywhere else, so you'll definitely be able to check all that out. (laughs) If you have any questions, you're always more than welcome to post those in the comments. Always happy to hear from you all. We are looking forward to having Lori back for more conversations, as well as our other instructors, so you're not just listening to me pontificate. (laughs) We're also going to be having some other outside speakers, continuing our spotlight series, and more. So lots of sniffy goodness is on the way. Thank you so much. Happy train! We look forward
1: to seeing you soon.